0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 359. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Samsung has fixed the issues with the Galaxy Fold and it has set a launch date. Foxtel has included Netflix in its new entertainment interface and we go behind the scenes at Weta Digital to see how Alita Battle Angel was brought to the screen and we also chat with Digital Animation Supervisor Mike Cousins. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the new Seagate portable hard drives. We'll also take a look at the Birdie speaker. That's the safest way for your kids to access audio and video content. And we're also going to take a look at the Brother VC500W label printer. And we'll wrap things up with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that can keep you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. We all saw a few months ago in back in February as a matter of fact, when Samsung unveiled the Galaxy Fold. I was there. I was in San Francisco for their Unpacked event, and it was the event that unveiled not only the Galaxy Fold, but also the Galaxy S10 lineup of products, the smartphones. But at the start of the presentation was uh, the announcement of the Galaxy Fold, the first time we'd ever seen it. It was a pretty dazzling introduction to the event. And it was a uh, very impressive no one no one got to, uh, we got a chance to see it being used on on the stage. No one got a chance to have their to get their hands on it at that time but uh, it was announced to be uh, released in the u s at the end of April. Now what had happened uh, as that time approached? The phone was placed in the hands of uh, U.S. reviewers and influencers. And that is when the trouble started. There were a few issues that, that came up. And uh, it resulted in Samsung having to delay the launch of the device. Now, some of those those issues were as simple as the reviewers mistaking the top level, the top layer of the folding 7.3-inch inside screen, the screen that you can see when you open up the device. They mistook this layer. They thought it was a screen protector. You know, you get a phone, it's got a bit of plastic on the screen, you can rip it off. Uh, Some reviewers actually did that and uh, broke the phone. There was another issue, though, with debris entering into the gap between the hinge and the top layer of the screen as well. Uh, And it, too, resulted in, in issues and the phone being rendered useless. So not the best start, unfortunately, for Samsung, who were wanting to be the first company to have a folding device. Uh, a few days later at Mobile World Congress, Huawei actually showed off their Mate X, uh, which was, again, a, a folding device, but folded in a different way. But Samsung were hopefully ploughing ahead with this all, this April launch date, but until these issues occurred, and then they sensibly said, look, we need to delay this launch to get our, our act together here to address these issues, and that is exactly what they've done. They announced last week that they're finally... Fixed up all those issues. They've uh, even set a September launch date. Now, whether it's a release in Australia, it's not confirmed. Usually, going by past releases, past launches, Australia is still considered a tier one country for Samsung. So we do we tend to get, like, for example, the Galaxy S devices in the same same time as the US and and even Korea. So I'm expecting and hoping that Australia is amongst the first wave of countries who get their hands on the Galaxy Fold. Now, it's not going to be cheap. They haven't announced pricing in Australia, but in the US, if this is any guide, it is 2000 US dollars. And the way our dollar, I think our dollar is below 70 at the moment, but below 70 US cents, that'll make it more than $3,000 when you throw in the GST and everything here as well. So... Uh, that, that Stay tuned to that. Uh, it, it, pricing is going to be an issue, I think, when this comes out. But until then, uh, we have to be satisfied with, uh, with uh, their, their word that they've fixed these problems. Uh, they did say that what, what they've done to fix the device up, they, they've extended the top protective layer of the Infinity Flex display to ensure the customer knows that it's actually a part of the display and wouldn't, won't be removed. The top and bottom of the hinge area have also been strengthened with additional protection caps and the space between the hinge and the body of the fold has also been reduced. They've also added metal layers Underneath the Infinity Flex display to reinforce the protection of the screen as well. So they've they've been hard at work fixing these issues and to make it by September. So how many months delay is that? May, June, July, August, September. That's a five month delay. Uh, that's pretty sh- that's pretty fast when you consider the the work they would have had to do. They would have had to go back to the, the to the device and slightly redesign parts of it, then ramp up production again. So that's actually pretty impressive that they can do that in just five short months. Well, stay tuned. The Galaxy Fold is heading our way. Uh, Australian launch date. As soon as I have confirmation, I will publish that on Tech Guide. But in the meantime, if you want to check out that story and also take a look at the device, there's some good pictures that we took of the product back in February, and there's also some images that Samsung have sent us through, I highly recommend you take a look at it. Folding phones are coming. This will be the first. If you want to read that story, it's at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. With Stephen Fennec. Last week, Foxtel made a very interesting little announcement. Uh, They announced that they have this all new user interface, so, this whole new way of accessing your content. Uh, shortcuts to movies and TV shows and even genres of, of drama and TV shows as well, and TV shows, the movies as well, I should say, uh, shortcuts to sport and all those things that, that Foxtel is, uh, is renowned for. But the other little addition to the whole interface uh, is another service, and that being Netflix, now a lot of people were surprised the, the the cat got out of the bag before the event last week and we were one question a lot of people were asking was why why would Foxtel include Netflix on its new interface and the more I thought of it the more sense it made to me because Foxtel have have obviously got their own uh, range of programs and channels that are exclusive to them, like Game of Thrones is the classic example, the only place you could watch Game of Thrones is on Foxtel, Netflix never had that show, and on the, by the same token, Netflix have got a lot of great shows that you can't view on Foxtel either, so it is a very much a case of you go where the programs are, and there is a, a fair number of people who are both Foxtel subscribers and Netflix customers. Uh, just as there are a massive pocket of Netflix customers, I think there's more than 5 million in Australia. And there are, I think about three and a half million Foxtel subscribers in Australia. So a lot of customers that are either on one of the services and a fair few, I think there was the about 2 million that have both. So, Foxtel decided, well, it's, it's almost like if you can't beat them, join them type of uh, approach here. Foxtel, uh, they, they couldn't just ignore the fact that Netflix existed. And I, I think it's a good idea, smart idea, to include Netflix in the interface. So now as you scroll down the new interface, you see all the Foxtel programming, programming, of course. But at the bottom, you see Netflix, so if you are a Netflix subscriber, you can simply sign into the service on your Foxtel IQ4. And so if you want to watch Netflix, you can do so through the Foxtel interface. So when you before you watch Netflix and after you watch Netflix, you're going to be in the Foxtel environment. I liken it to uh, whenever you go on a ride in an amusement park and when the ride finishes – the exit is through a massive gift shop. So you get out of the ride, you think, wow, how good was that? And then you have a look around you. Your exit is everything. You're surrounded by souvenirs and gifts and and stuff like that. Uh, So in a similar way, when you get out of the program on Netflix, you are back in the Foxtel environment. It's also like if ever you've gone to the supermarket to buy milk, milk is always at the back of the supermarket because chances are, In your walk to the milk, you're going to see some cool stuff walking in and perhaps some other stuff walking out and you might buy something else apart from your milk. It's the same approach here where Foxtel uh, hope that you once you finish your Netflix experience, you exit through the Foxtel experience and then there's all these other programs you can watch or sport you can watch or live news, however you want. So that is, I think, the reason why they've done it. Uh, there's also some deals uh, floating around too. I think for 58 bucks, Foxtel's offering a, the Sports, Entertainment and Drama Pack plus a six-month Netflix subscription. So that's 58 bucks a month. That's not too bad. Uh, there's also going to be a new remote control that's going to have shortcuts to TV shows, movie, sport, and a Netflix button. So you can uh, uh, directly access the service through there as well. I also understand that the IQ4, which also already has a 4K channel, channel 444, is also going to be able to support Netflix 4K. So if you've subscribed to a Netflix 4K service, it will also be available to view in 4K and in HDR, high dynamic range, through the IQ4 box as well. So you're still going to have the same 4K HDR quality on your 4K television, of course. So that's the, That's the news from Foxtel. And the, the update, if you're an existing Foxtel customer with an IQ4, you are going to see the software being pushed out to your boxes in in the, this week and in the coming weeks. So once you have that update, you'll see the totally new interface for you to access your programs, as well as the Netflix, access to Netflix as well. Some pretty cool shows coming up on Foxtel, as there are also on Netflix, of course. And if you're an IQ4 customer with that latest update, and if you happen to have a Netflix account, you got All of that at your fingertips in one spot, and that is on the Foxtel box. You want to read more about that, check out our pictures. You can even see the pictures of that new remote control. You can see all of that at techguide.com.au. Well, we took a little trip over to Wellington a few weeks ago, and the reason for our trip was to visit Weta Digital that is the effects powerhouse over over in Wellington where the, this is the company of course that was came to fame when it made uh, did all the effects for the Lord of the Rings trilogy it's gone on then to for the, the, all the apes movies and uh, avatar and all these great films where any special effects were acquired Weta Digital you'll find is behind them well we had the opportunity to go behind the scenes and discover how Alita Battle Angel was brought to the big screen Alita Battle Angel was based on a manga graphic novel and was co-written, the script for the film was co-written by James Cameron himself, uh, he of Avatar, Titanic, Terminator... Aliens, you name it, all the greatest films that uh, we've seen uh, from the mind of James Cameron he was the the co-author of the script. Uh, directing went to Robert Rodriguez who himself is also responsible for some pretty cool movies uh, including Predators and the Spy Kids films and several others, he's also worked with Quentin Tarantino uh, and so he, the decision by James Cameron to hand off the director's director's job to Robert Rodriguez was because at the time he written the script he'd already finished Avatar the first Avatar film and was tossing up whether he was going to take on Alita as his next project or dive straight in straight into Avatar 2, 3 and 4 all the sequels which he chose the latter so hence the reason why he handed off Robert Rodriguez the reins for Elita Battle Angel the film uh, is about a discarded cyborg who's brought back to life by uh, a person in this new world called Iron City a, a city that's been devastated after a massive war hundreds of years earlier that person is actually played by Christoph Waltz the two-time Oscar winner. There are also two other Oscar winners on board here as well, Jennifer Connelly and Mahershala Ali, so three Oscar winners in this film. But I think the star of the show is how they've brought this main character into onto the screen in a photo realistic way. Now if you take a look at our story on tech guide, there is a video that we've embedded in there of us of me uh, on the motion capture stage and uh, using the virtual camera, designing my own Gruishka, which is the massive robot that's in the film, and also talking to Mike Cousins, who's the, the digital animation supervisor at Weta Digital. We sat down for a chat with him uh, to talk about all things technology and all things Weta Digital, all the work that went in behind the scenes, uh, and here's what he had to say to us earlier. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate uh, you talking to me today. What, I mean, one thing I've noticed in the things I've already seen is that the phrase attention to detail is a massive understatement. You mm. guys delve so far into detail. Yeah, that's kind of your job, really, isn't it?
1: You know, as humans, we're, we, the, there's a lot of um, things that we're aware of, even subconsciously, that um, when they're missing out of a visual effect shot, be it a character or an environment, or um, uh, it, it feels uh, like y- y- you're aware of it. And mm. so I think one of the things that we do chase here in order to uh, retain believability in any shot, and again, in order to so that the audience isn't focusing on a visual effects shot but mm-hmm. is uh, forgetting that it's a visual effects shot and drawn into the storytelling is
0: that attention to detail. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing, isn't it? If the audience doesn't notice it, you've done your job.
1: Yes, I think so. I yeah. think, I think and, and, and on this film in particular, that was true uh, on, on the end result, mm-hmm. as, as much as we possibly can get um, the audience uh, drawn into the storytelling. Um, we're, we're, we're achieving our goal, and also for the on-set experience for Robert. I, th- I think that a big part of the work that we did on set for this film was to make sure that the visual effects footprint uh, wasn't a distraction. And uh-huh. that there's always that danger that, like, when you're working on set on a live-action shoot, in order to get the pieces that you need to get a visual effect shots, there's, like, people that are potentially um, uh, slowing the process down. Or you, you, you just... The the work that was done on set for this film uh, was... Uh, they were very switched on. And in a way, uh, that footprint on set became invisible and robert could really focus on the actor's performances yeah. and the shots he wanted without again you know uh having to worry about whether the visual shot the visual effects shot would work yeah. so
0: so the technology is left to you yes and the, you artistic, it out after. the artistic is left to the director that's right which is kind yeah. of what you provide yeah, so rather yeah, than yeah. him knowing how it works he just wants to know that it does work
1: that's right and and not not feel limited in his choices for a performance or a shot because we w- w- we've got his back and mm-hmm. we will figure that
0: out after. So let's talk about the technology. Alito seems to be a project where you're going to have to kind of invent things to make this a reality. Yeah. How much, how much technology is involved in that? Like you, you've already got quite a wealth of technology yep. at Wetter already. Yeah. So how much did you kind of have to invent for this project?
1: Um, I guess there were a few things in particular that uh, we developed in, for this film. Obviously, I think the bulk of the the tech that goes into the filmmaking process at Weta is building on our the past films that we 've done from you know peter 's work and Avatar with Jim and um, all these other films where, 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 as, we, as we move along, we take the pieces that are working mm-hmm. and we build upon that and fold that into the filmmaking process. Um, here we are on Alita Battle Angel, and um, the challenges for this film, in order to have a photo digital lead actor perform seamlessly with live-action characters for an entire film, we knew we had to get the facial right. And that started on set with the, the stereo camera yep. uh, setup that you saw Nick, show last night and that was really like we were before with a mono camera with one camera we were getting a flat read on the face so with two we can triangulate what um, the dot positions are and we we suddenly have a depth Im- image um, a depth understanding of what the face is doing so that really helped and then uh, as well with the the actor puppet which was another new thing that we brought out for this film verifying that as we moved from uh, a performance done live into the digital space that those things were in parody and Uh that we were capturing all of Rose's detail because we knew we needed that in order to do these performances. So moving from from her to the digital version of her and then onto the digital character was a really critical bit of... um, uh, uh, like internal work that needed to happen, and that wasn't something that we even were showing the Robert or Jim. That was just something that in house we needed to do in order to understand that everything was working. And you know, you you end up showing them the shots with the character, and if there was anything wrong with those shots, we could always kind of pop back to the digital version yeah. of Rosa and try to understand if it was if it was where where it wasn't working, where it wasn't reading and then kind of like fix it and put it back
0: into Lita. So the, the some of those learnings, then you'll be paying that forward, I'm assuming, to yep. the upcoming Avatar films. Definitely. And so yep. James Cameron's obviously already involved with the Lita Battle Angel, so yep. he was probably bookmarking a few things that he had in, on, in mind, Yeah, Is that right? And,
1: yeah, and, and um, you know, like, again, Joe, was, uh, Joe Leteri was yeah. obviously very... Uh, present uh, during the, the the filmmaking for this film, and and um, you know the things that work, he's folding into the Avatar process as well.
0: On the software side as well, I understand that there'd, you there'd be a lot of custom software you use, yeah. um, among some off-the-shelf stuff, yep. but I'm pretty sure most of the software you customize.
1: Yeah, and like um, in in animation specifically, like Maya is obviously like a big. Um, bit of software that is off the shelf but Uh what we've put into a piece of software like that just to make our workflow smoother and faster there's a there's quite a bit of uh, research and development that goes into tools tooling for uh, Uh artists on in in animation or any department um, depending on the software Uh so yes so it is a bit of both there's a lot of development that happens here
0: and the people in your department and animators, are they using, are they using Macs? Are they using Windows? Or is it Linux system? What's, yep. the, what's the technology you're using?
1: Yeah, so uh, the OS is a Linux system, and it's just something that we've uh, found, like, I don't, it, since I've been here, that's the operating system. We do have some Windows boxes and Macs, depending on, um, yep. like, I use a Mac uh, for reviewing um, shots, mm-hmm. but... Uh, artists typically are on Linux.
0: The improvements in tech are remarkable. So, what's mm. one thing that is really easy to do now that was took days, if not weeks,
1: yeah. ten years ago? I guess the thing that the audience's, you know, perception of quality visual effects shots and what is what what is believable has evolved over time. Um, but so has the clients' need to see. M- more in a rough whip version of a shot. So if you think of a shot's life as starting, you know maybe it started up with a storyboard or a line from a script, and then somebody's taken that and kind of stuck even even a very simple chess piece way stuck, stuck a couple characters together and put a camera on it, and then from there you know you're you're finding performance, be it from capture or keyframe, or mm-hmm. and then you're building your shot. Over time, all those stages require a review process with the director. Is this the thing that you were picturing in your head? And so there's a lot of conversation back and forth about what goes into the shot. Mm-hmm. In the end, that, that's going to be lit and rendered and look photoreal, we hope. Yeah. But the, um, the more that we put into that, um, and it's always a balance, but the more we put into that at, at the animation level, um, the more answers we get from the client. For example uh, about what needs to be in the shot, for example the 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 lighting we, we now put lighting into animation takes, and that helps us understand silhouette and composition in a shot so instead of a flat kind of image yeah. we can we can start to understand how the lighting is going to impact the storytelling in that shot, whether i 'm going to see their face or or not or you know she's she 's in silhouette or not and <laughs> Um, so we're packing more into the um, the conversation in the an- area of animation in order to uh, give the director more understanding of what the shot's going to be like in final yeah. and have more of a conversation about what needs to be in there yeah. so it's I'd say it's lighting it's it's speed uh, in 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 terms of building that complex look um, now we're seeing Fur on characters at a very early uh, stage of the shot. That also helps. That helps us understand um, volumes for mm-hmm. things. There's a bunch of tech that's going into the animation process that I yeah. think is is the interesting
0: area. You mentioned too that the the audience is now a little bit more discerning. they they I think so. That we we're expecting our expectations are constantly. Growing and getting higher, our expectations. How's that as a challenge for a guy like yourself?
1: (laughs) It keeps (laughs) keeps you moving and chasing what it is that is um, the essence of a you know, like the the details that need to be in a performance like uh, Alita, in order to make that a seamless, believable performance. And for us on this film, we poured into that facial puppet. Um, We were talking to plastic surgeons. Uh, about how muscle behavior and the attachment points for muscles, because it's you can you can start moving a face around and mimic dialogue. But if you're not um, retaining the key structures on a face, you may not know much about anatomy. But you will smell something not working. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. So the um, for us getting all those structures built correctly and that requires a bunch of technical work and artistic work on the face modeling side and in animation as well allows us to get again retain a real performance that is rosa and has all that vibrant detail and it's stuffed you're 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 going to watch the shot you may yeah. not notice it but if it wasn't there i think that it, the shot wouldn't look believable
0: fantastic appreciate your time thanks for talking. a oh,
1: pleasure nice talking you. to you this
0: is tech guide The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, you upgrade your smartphone and your TV and your laptop, but when was the last time you upgraded your home Wi-Fi? Well, it's probably been a while, and here is your opportunity. The future of Wi-Fi is here. It's time to welcome Wi-Fi 6. If you watch your shows on services like Netflix, you need the newest line of high-performance routers from Netgear. It's like giving your streaming the VIP treatment. The Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers give you ultra-fast speeds and wider coverage throughout your home. You get four times the capacity compared to today's Wi-Fi, which means you can connect more devices and stream simultaneously without impacting Wi-Fi speed and reliability. The devices of today and tomorrow demand more, so what you need is high performance Wi-Fi that can keep up with you and your entire family it's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever and you can be one of the first to have the next generation of Wi-Fi 6 technology with a Netgear Nighthawk router turn your Wi-Fi up to six with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router go check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6 that's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number six and now a tech guide review with Stephen Fennec Alrighty, first up we're going to have a quick look at the Seagate new range of their, uh, their Portable hard drives. These uh, Seagate's a pretty big name in the in the data storage space. And these Ultra Touch, these sorry, the Backup Plus Ultra Touch uh, drive and the portable drive are their new solutions when it comes to safely carrying and storing your data. According to Seagate, the data that we are generating and the data that we need to store is going to increase by more than five times in the next five years. So the need for reliable storage has never been more important. Seagate uh, has, has answered the call with these new portable hard drives. They're both small and slick, And have even higher capacities to keep your movies and your photos and all your other files safe and sound. The first one we're going to look at is the Seagate Backup Plus, and this is a portable drive. Uh, It is available in four terabyte and five terabyte sizes. That's $189 for the four terabyte and the $239 for the five terabyte. Now, these include, uh, they give you the best of both worlds. They've got the high capacity, but there's also got the portability. So they, they offer up to twice the storage of comparable 2.5-inch portable drives. There's USB 2 and USB 3 connectivity, and they draw power from your computer, so no need to carry around an external hard drive. It's even possible to use the drive on a Mac and a PC at the same time without the need for reformatting. There's also the Seagate dashboard software that gives you a one-click backup solution. You can schedule things like automatic backups as well. And you can also install the free Seagate mobile backup app on an iOS or Android device to create a backup of all your pictures and videos from your smartphone to the drive or to the cloud. The drive is available in black, Blue, silver, and red. The Seagate Backup Plus Ultra Touch—that's their slightly thinner, sleeker, and I think a lot nicer-looking uh, device. The hard drive—it's got this tactile feel. There's like a textile panel on the front, so it looks a little, uh, a little nicer. It's only available in the one terabyte and two terabyte sizes. So it's 109 for the one terabyte, 139 for the two terabyte. Uh, but again, you're getting Mac and PC compatibility right out of the box, so no need to even format it. Works straight away. It also works to, on USB 2, USB 3.0 as well, but it also comes with a handy adapter. So if you've got a USB-C port on your laptop, for example, a MacBook Pro uh, or MacBook Air, you can put, connect it using this adapter. So it, uh, it works with that as well. There's also, it's possible to secure your data with password protection using the same encryption, the same level of protection that the US government and global intelligence agencies employ. That's pretty cool if you've got some sensitive information. The drives are available now from JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, The Good Guys, Bingley, Officeworks, Big W, and Target. And if you want to take a look at those, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Okay, next up, we're going to talk about Birdie. Now, this is a speaker. This device was actually created by an Australian company. It was an Australian couple who created this. I'll tell you more about them and why they did it. But just as an explanation, it looks like a portable smart speaker. It's available in blue or purple. There's a small bird logo on the front. Again, we'll tell you why you'll need that as well. But this device makes it possible for young kids to safely access their music, audio books, and videos on their own. So you're, one thing about being a parent, protecting your kids, trying to keep that harmful content, that inappropriate content, you don't want them to see that. And and that's a full time job to try to prevent them from doing that. So you really got to be diligent. But with a product like Birdie, you really do get peace of mind because it, it allows them to enjoy all the audio and video content that you allow them to. That's appropriate to them, uh, and they can do it on their own. It's really simple to use. What it uses is a what they call Bird seeds. Get it, Birdie Birdie seeds are these little hexagonal plas- these little hexagonal discs that contain the content. So there might be a Wiggles video or a, a song or, or an audio book. So they get the seed and tap it on the front of the speaker, that then uses uh, NFC to connect to your uh, uh, the companion app, and that's what streams the content to the speaker. You can also connect the speaker through the app, or some smart TVs have the Birdie app on board on the TV. Uh, so if you've got a Samsung or LG TV or Amazon Fire or Android TV on your as your operating system on your television, you can install that app directly on your TV, and so when they tap that seed uh, on, the, on the speaker, it will then stream to the television, so they can, if it's video, they can watch it through the TV. If it's just audio, they can hear it through the speaker right in front of them, so you're, you're sorted right there. Now, I mentioned it's an Australian couple, Daniel and Leah Corkin were the founders of the Birdie company. And they had children themselves. They've got three children. And the the reason they created the company because they were worried about how easily it was for their kids to be exposed to inappropriate content, especially when you hand off a phone or a tablet to a child, that thing's connected to the internet. So if they're tapping around on YouTube or the web, it's not hard for them to stumble across things that they maybe shouldn't be looking at. So that's, that was the motivation to create this product and uh, it it has been a a fairly decent success here. The speaker's connected via Wi-Fi, as I said, so the child has no direct access to the Internet. They can only access what you give them. So you you maybe use the... Uh, issue the seeds, those little discs, as a reward. You know, they might okay. You eat, you finish your dinner. You can. I'll give you a, one of the discs of bird seed, and you can listen to some music, or listen to a story, or watch a video. So it's a really good way of encouraging them to maybe finish a chore or do their thing, whatever they got to do. Uh, if they behave themselves, do so you have to? If they if they're a good boy or girl, you're going to give them the disc. So there's all look. I'll leave the parenting side of it up to you. But point is that the once once they've got this disc in their hand you know that it's safe whatever they're going to listen to or watch it's safe uh, there's there's more than six hundred bits of content that are already available uh you know providers include ABC kids storybots dinosaur dinosaurs Nickelodeon Tiptoe Giants, Angie Who. There's more than 600 bird seeds that are available, including Play School's 50 Best Songs, Miffy's Adventures Big and Small, The Muddle Headed Wombat Parents. You're probably hearing a lot of these names, a lot of these names are familiar to you. So uh, it, it's a really cool way for your child to be entertained and for you to have peace of mind that they're not going to stumble across something they shouldn't. Uh, really easy system. It uses NFC, as, our, as I mentioned, near-field communication, and the content is based in the cloud. So the tapping the seed just is, creates that NFC connection and really is it's like pressing the virtual play button on that content, whether it's coming through the speaker or being streamed to the television as well. Really easy to set up uh, and the speaker itself is actually waterproof. So uh, being in kids' hands, you never know what could happen to it. They might dunk it, they might drop it, they might dirty it. You can simply wash it under the tap. The Birdie speaker is priced at $299. It's available from Bingley, Better Electrical, and the Leading Edge Group, as well as Maya Online, and from the birdie.co website itself. Bird Seeds are eleven, are priced from $11.95, uh, and they're available exclusive, exclusively from birdie.co. And again, no locking contracts, no subscriptions. Uh, it is a come-as-you-are, come-as-you-want, eat-as-much-as-you-want play as much as you want system that doesn't lock you into a contract. So don't think you're going to be paying monthly fees and stuff like that. Uh, you just got to pay for the device and the bird seeds and then you're up to you to stream as often as you want from the service. Birdie, if you've got a young child, uh, boy or girl, it's there's content there to suit boys and girls, this is definitely worth looking into. The kids are going to have a ball and you're going to be satisfied that they're not going to be exposed to something they shouldn't be. For our full report, of the Birdie speaker system, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Next up, we're chatting about a label printer. And not just any label printer, this is the Brother VC500W label printer. It's like a tiny little desktop printer. Uh, it's smaller than a smart speaker, so it's got a very small footprint. Now, a lot of you may uh, know that Brother is one of the most popular label makers out there. There's a, there's a, a handheld device that you can put batteries in, and yeah, there's a little keyboard on the front. You can type out little names and, and labels or whatever you want to put on there. And your choices were basically uh, the font, the color of the tape that you put in, and that was basically it. But now with the new VC500W, you can let your imagination run wild and even unleash your personal touch to your labels and much, much more. Now, the, the labels that go in it, so the, the tape that goes in it, in the Brother VC500W. They range in size from 9mm all the way up to 50mm wide. And the device itself, as I said, it's smaller than a smart speaker. It's got a very small footprint, connects wirelessly to your smartphone or to your computer. There is a companion app as well that you can use that, that works on iOS and Android devices. It's called the Color Label Editor. And you can then import your own images. You can use the clip art that's included. And you can go nuts and make a variety of things. And You think about it. The stuff that you can make, apart from the labels, of course, you make those. But you can print a glossy name tag for your child's bedroom door, a photo ID for an office visitor. Uh, You can create nice little labels for your dinner party, maybe name tags. You can even print... Uh, if you're maybe a small business or you're maybe you, you manufacture goods, you can even print labels for your boxes that, that look really professional. So there's lots of options in terms of size and colours and designs. You can even print photos. F- you can frame your, your, your images, different kinds of patterns and, and all kinds of clip art that you can access. Uh, whether you want to print a, a label on a folder whether you want to create a sticker for your brand whether you want to make nice little birthday party decorations for your child's birthday you want to create a sign to to point people in the right direction in your office or anywhere you happen to be you can you can create any type of any type of label Anything that your imagination can get around, and there' there's five different widths as well to the tape I mentioned it 's nine millimeter, twelve millimeter nineteen millimeter twenty five millimeter, and fifty millimeter now the the tape comes in these little cassettes that pop into the back of the device, so you can easily click them in and out, so say you want to you 've gone from a nine mil you want to go then up to twenty five mil you simply pop out the nine mil cassette and put in the larger cassette. And Bob's your uncle. Now, the color label editor, this uh, the app. I had a little bit of trouble connecting it. It was uh, a little bit stubborn. It was what you need to do is to start connect wirelessly and with all devices, they have their own little Wi-Fi network that you connect to, and then it recognizes that on the network, and then then you pair it to your home network, like you would with a smart speaker or any smart device. It kept, it kept us in this loop where we kept having to go back and link to the network and try to make it work and it was a little frustrating we got it working after a little while uh, we were doing it on the Android version of the app, I, I'm not sure whether the iPhone version is any better but it was a connectivity issue that we finally got it working and when we did it was really simple to use. One thing we noticed too that when you we were creating our labels, the default position was for you to manually cut the tape. Anyone who ever made a label maker you know on the side of those handheld ones there's like a little little cutter on the side you press this massive button in and that that snips off the label on the end you, we had to set manually uh it was set to manual cutting so i had to get a razor blade but there was a setting that they then made it auto cut which i thought would be the default position but it wasn't we end up uh printing out and then it, it was then cutting it up cutting the the label really neatly. Uh, lots of things you can do. Check out our, our pictures on Tech Guide. We actually printed our logo, Tech Guide, on a few stickers and uh, we made a few little labels. And there's some pictures of uh, some labels we made for some jars, uh, some uh, our spice jars as well. Uh, and you'll see an image of the device as well. It is pretty small. As I said, very, very small desk uh, footprint. It's about it's about, the, the footprint is about the size of a CD case. And just imagine it, I think being about, I think it's about 11 to 12 centimetres tall. So doesn't really take up hardly any room at all. The Brother VC500W is priced at $329 and it's available now from Officeworks. And if you want to check it out, I highly recommend you do and head over to do that. You need to head over to techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fanick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. That's the company that can keep you, protect you, and your family online. We live in a world where hackers are constantly finding new ways to steal your personal info. And we spend so much time online, it's not hard to find yourself in a cyber criminal sights. They say it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. So you need to be protected. The Norton team is dedicated to to keeping people safe online no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet or banking on your laptop, Norton Security Premium is working hard behind the scenes to help keep your information, your identity and your devices protected. For more information on how to protect your digital life, visit au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Alrighty, on the Tech Guide Help Desk, we had some interesting questions that were sent to us. Uh, One was from a reader who was asking on behalf of his elderly mother, was asking for a way, if there was a way the television could change channels to the required channel at a certain time. He said, "Look, his mother's elderly. Likes watching things at certain times. Like, for example, she loves watching the Tour de France because it was, you know, had the beautiful scenery, uh, and it was something that she doesn't always remember to watch when it's on. It's on sometimes late in the evening or early in the morning, and he just wanted a way for the TV to change channels to be available." for these programs uh, a little more easier. Now, my suggestion on the latest smart TVs, there is a pretty sophisticated electronic program guide. And one part of the guide is to set reminders for programs. Now, not all TVs will change the channel. In fact, hardly any of them will. But he did say that his mother had a very simplified universal remote control that allowed her to press the button a button when she needed to. So if if the program appeared on the screen to say, reminder, Tour de France is starting in ten minutes or starting now and press OK, that would perhaps change the channel. My other suggestion was to uh, and a lot of the smart TVs are either have Google Assistant or Amazon Alexa on board. So my other suggestion was to maybe to to maybe uh, connect a voice assistant. If the TV doesn't have it, it's easy to connect a smart speaker to do that. So the latest smart TVs allow you to control with your voice. The TV, whether you want to turn it on, or turn it off, change the channel. So all you need to do is ask for it. So that's another possibility here for uh, for his mum to be able to control that, and all and she can simply read out what, what needs to be said to change the channel. Uh, it's a lot easier than trying to find a button on a remote control. That's for sure. Uh, other other and keeping the theme of uh, our looking after our parents, our elderly parents, and staying in touch. Uh, there were two emails from from readers who were concerned or, or wanted to make it easy for their parents to stay in touch for them to monitor their parents. One reader asked for a security camera, a camera setup that would allow them to check in on their on their mother. Uh, their parents or whoever they wanted to check on and be able to talk to them through the camera as well and I recommend it of course the Arlo cameras the Net, the uh, Uniden uh, AppCam Solo cameras they are uh, the Arlo are 4K the Ultras are, are better quality and more expensive and the Unidens are a little bit more affordable HD uh, but both of these cameras also include the two way audio so if uh, the person's in front of the camera you can say hey how you going I can see you how are you and they could talk back to you. Uh, they can be monitored. So there's just checking in, checking in on them whenever they need. So a good idea uh, if you want to do that to keep an eye on your parents, uh, keep keep the cameras maybe in their lounge room and, and areas of the house where you can just make sure that, that you can see them, uh, make sure they're home and that they're safe. The other thing too of keeping in touch, I had another reader asking, what's the best way to keep connected via video calls? A really simple way. My suggestion was, especially if there's Wi-Fi in the house, just uh, use FaceTime. FaceTime on an iPad or an iPhone. Probably iPad for. Uh, I think he said his dad's in his 80s, and an iPad. Very easy. Just show teach, teach them where the show them where the FaceTime app is. The icon. Click on that. Press on the name, and boom, you're in a video call. And same deal. Uh, just uh, easily explain how uh, you can answer those calls as well. So very conscientious uh, emails we had today for our readers looking after their elderly parents and making making sure they can not only stay in touch, but also watch their favourite programs. That's why we love you guys. You do care for your parents, as we do. Uh, my mum and dad, they, they, uh, they need a bit of help with their gadgets. And of course, their son's the editor of Tech Guide. And of course, that he's going to help them. Uh, I'm their help desk uh, all the time, 24-7. And really appreciate the questions and the concern from our readers to help their parents out as well. And that's all we've got for you this week. That's the end of the show, can you believe? Everything we've talked about, uh, you can find, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, send us a voice bite. We want to hear your voice. Press on that record button in the middle of the Tech Guide site, and a little recorder will pop up. If you're not registered to voice bite already, it's just a simple process. You can sign in through Facebook if it makes it easier for you, and you can record your questions. So you're talking to me and then I can answer you on the Tech Guide podcast, so your voice will be heard beside mine. Or you can send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online, no matter how you connect. Support the people who support Tech Guide, Netgear, and Norton. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week, so until then, stay safe and stay connected.